0: Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and encouragement to your life. For a list of messages to stream live services and for updates about events and more info, visit lifechurchroa.org. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message. All right, now you may have noticed things are a little different today. We have some really, a really cool thing that, we're, that we want to share with you that God has done. Okay, so we're going to uh, invite a couple to come up and I'm gonna spend just a little bit of time interviewing them, talking with them about something that God has done in their life. And then we're gonna talk about this idea of dynamic prayers, that we can pray with an urgency, with unity as a body and with union with the word of God. Okay, and so Michael and Kaylee, you guys can go ahead and come on out and join us here on the stage. I do wanna say this and make sure that everybody is aware The nature of this testimony, okay, is, uh, does have some triggering things to it. And I wanna make sure to say that so that you're prepared because there is some loss in this story as well as a lot of other things that could trigger. And so I wanna give you a heads up about that now. Uh, but also I felt like when they shared their story with me, I felt impressed on the Holy Spirit that, by the Holy Spirit that they needed to share that with you, okay? So we're gonna spend some time hearing their story today, and then we're gonna close up this series on every day. You guys can go ahead and sit down. Everybody else is sitting down. I'll stand up for just a second. Uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna go ahead and uh, let them share their story here in just a minute, and then we're gonna pray for some miracles today. We're going to pray that God, I'm going to, I'm, we're going to pray some bold prayers today with urgency, okay? So if you're a guest today, things are a little different, but we hope we hope that you encounter an, the, the presence of God today. That's what we want. Amen? Amen. All right, let's go ahead and jump in uh, to this. All right. Well, this is Michael and Kayla, and many of you know them. Uh, Michael and Kayla have been, uh, they have a long history here at life. Uh, They have, uh, Michael did his internship for his degree here. Uh, So many of you know Michael from uh, when he was a little younger, didn't have a kid, didn't have a wife uh, yet, and, uh, (laughs) and, uh, and. Did an incredible job with our with our uh, school of discipleship. We had a school of discipleship that ran for a little while, and he was so uh, intricate in that and and helpful with me. Uh. Uh, kind of running that and making that happen. And then uh, him and Kayla met and, and may have even met before that. I, I don't remember all the details of, of that part of your life, but I do know that um, we had the honor and joy, Casey and I, of getting to know you guys through some premarital counseling and some other things uh, and just to see how God has moved in your life. And so uh, I want to kind of open with just uh, asking you guys to share Your testimony uh, over the last what ten months or so, Uh, what God has been doing, and then, of course, I have some questions and some things that we'll ask, uh, and then we're going to get into the Word. Right before we, right before you share, I want to read our scripture for today, Uh, and I want to talk about why it's our scripture, and then I'm going to have you guys share. So, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Acts chapter four, and uh, Acts chapter four, we're going to read. Start at verse twenty three. I want to make sure everything that we do is bathed in the Word, and this uh, today, I believe you're going to leave encouraged, you're going to be challenged by what God has done in their life. And so Acts chapter 4, verse 23, when you're there, say, I'm there. If you need a minute, say, slow down. All right, I'm slowing down. I'll give you just a minute. It should be up on the screen also. All right, here we go. We're going to read. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers, look around the room, look at somebody next to you and say, all, that includes you. All the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. O Sovereign Lord, Creator of heaven and earth, I want you to listen to this prayer because they acknowledge so much in this prayer. O Sovereign Lord, Creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, saying, Why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against the Messiah. In fact, this has happened in this very city. For Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate, and the governor, the Gentiles, the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And now, O Lord, I want you to listen to this. This is is where we're hanging our hats today. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Can you hear the boldness in the prayer? I want you to see the connection between sharing the gospel and the miraculous signs and wonders. Where the gospel is shared, God will move. Come on. I know I'm sitting down. I ain't standing preaching to you today. Where the gospel is shared, God will move. Where God moves, we got reason to praise. We got reason to to give God glory. Amen? Amen? This was a dynamic prayer, a bold prayer. Because they had just, Peter and John had just been brought before the Sanhedrin, and basically told, stop talking about Jesus. Don't talk about him anymore. And Peter and John leave there. They go directly to the people. The people are being persecuted because they believe in Jesus, because they're preaching his word. And their prayer, hear this, their prayer is, help us to preach to more people, to proclaim to more people. Here's the incredible thing. The Holy Spirit falls in that room. There's an earthquake right after this prayer. It is a a sign that God approves of the prayer that they prayed. And people were being added to the church. Now, we've been talking about everyday intersections and how we can, uh, we we don't, life is not about stopping and starting. It's about continually moving into love God, love people, live life together. It's a roundabout more than it is a four-way stop. And so today, I want, to share, I want them to share with you an everyday intersection that was hard and tough and, 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 and honestly feels like a stopping point, yet God has done something miraculous and, and has done something incredible. And so if you guys would just share your testimony, uh, and then we're going to kind of dig into it a little bit more.
1: Good morning. Um I'm not great with public speaking so if I start talking talking in circles I'll probably tag it. Um so in this case I guess God kind of like let me know that he was going to be doing something in my life like months before it even happened. So I want to say it was December of 2022. Um it was just like a really bad mental health day for me. <laughs> so I just remember being in bed kind of you know sobbing a little and like praying to God like why do I feel this way and just through just hearing the still small calm voice of God I just heard him say like I'm gonna keep you and your little boy safe and we had already had little Michael at that point and for some reason like in my heart I just knew that he wasn't talking about little Michael so it got me thinking oh like am I pregnant oh my god <laughs> I didn't even know and it was exciting, but I knew that it wasn't really possible because we weren't trying at the time. Um, so months go by, like nothing really came from that other than that stuck in my head. Um, at the beginning of May, first week I think it was a Thursday or Friday, um, I tested oh, I didn't test I had a positive pregnancy test. Um, and obviously, we were excited because we were planning for one at that time, and then Maybe a few days later, I kind of had that feeling that I wasn't pregnant anymore. and It was weird, because that's, I don't know. I was just like, this is different. And that was like Monday, Tuesday, the following week. And then come Thursday, um, things kind of started changing. So I was having some bleeding, and that can be normal. And they cannot be normal. So at the point, so Thursday night, it was getting to the point where it wasn't normal. Um, On Friday, I ended up leaving work early and going to the emergency room. While we were there, um, they did an ultrasound, and they couldn't see anything, but also they told me that I was like three to four weeks pregnant, so it was too early to even show up on an ultrasound. So they tested my... um, pregnancy hormone levels, and I think I was at like 16, and they told me to follow up with my regular OB um, the next week. So on Monday, we went, I got tests, they they took my blood to look at the levels again. I got the results like middle of the night, Tuesday morning, and um, it went from being 16 to a one. And when... happens, it pretty much means that your pregnancy levels have dropped. And in other words, I was miscarrying. So that was really hard. Um, We probably stayed up for a few hours just kind of like crying. Sorry.
2: Yeah. we. uh, So we had gotten the results back through the MyChart app. um, And the middle of the night, it was literally like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, and we just, she woke up, and I woke up shortly after, um, and then we opened up the app, and because she, she got a notification uh, on her phone that she the results were in, and so we opened it up together, and um, that's when we saw the results, and we knew at that time that that's what it meant, that if it was down, then we weren't going to be having this baby. Um, And we stupidly (laughs) didn't take the day off of work. So we somehow managed to get back to sleep and go into work the next morning like nothing had ever happened. And um, let me tell you, that was the roughest day of work I've ever had. Um, luckily I have an office so I was able to close the door and there's no windows in the office uh, so I was just able to kind of sit there and cry all day at my desk Um, and I don't know why it was so hard I've had a lot of death in my life uh, and dealing with that and you know it's, it's always sad to lose someone but for some reason you know, never getting a chance to see this precious little child's face, it just destroyed me and and Kayla both and um you know it it was really, really tough. Um and you know, I'd reached out to Josh. Um and he he kinda coached me through it a little bit that, that week and Forever grateful for that, um, but fast forward um, a couple weeks, um, we like things were starting to happen again with Kayla, where she was th- feeling like she may have been pregnant again, um, and. So we went, so she got another pregnancy test, and it was positive, positive. Um, and that was physically impossible.
0: <laughs> um, just, I, I'm going to interrupt you for just a second and let yeah. you keep telling, because I want to make sure that everybody understood what was just said. There was a confirmed miscarriage. Of this child, and 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 the thing that I think that I want to make sure that everybody hears is that there was no physical way for Kayla to be pregnant again. And and adults, I want you to think through that and make sure you understand what I'm telling you, okay? Um, And I want you to hear that and 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 kind of think through that, celebrate that a little bit, think through that about. What is happening, what you just heard, is, is only, and, and they've got more story to tell, but only a move of God. As they're telling me this, we're sitting at our dining room table, and they're telling me this, and, and I know some of this already because I've walked through some of it with them. The only, the, the, Holy, the, the only thing that could come to my mind is that we serve a God who can turn any tomb into a womb. And as they continue to tell a story, I want, you to think that, I want you to think about that. And again, for those of you who have lost uh, children and loved ones, let me, let me tell you, we mourn with you also. And, and I, I hope that you, I pray that God has restored that hope in you. Um, but I wanted to make sure we heard what was said. That is an incredible move of God in the midst of God's people. All right, keep going. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt, but I wanted right, to make sure that I didn't want that to get lost right. in in the midst of what was being said.
2: Uh, uh, and now, I want to rewind again, and I want to go back to so on Friday, when we went to the ER for the first test, um, and that's when we found out the level was sixteen. We were obviously we we were scared because we didn't know what was happening. Uh, we went to church that Sunday and um powerful move of god that that sunday um and kayla and i went up for prayer Um, and josh didn't know anything at this point but he came up to the altar with with kayla and i and he started praying over us and again not knowing anything other than that, something was going on because I had t- told him that, you know, to be praying for Kayla and I. He had no idea what was going on. And he prayed the word resurrection over us. I don't know why he used that word. He doesn't even remember using that word, but that stuck out to Kayla and I so much. And I remember it. We were standing about right there. Um, And he prayed that over us. Um, And again, then we found out on Monday that, you know, we had lost this, this child. And then like you were pointing out, two weeks later, there's a baby. And the only thing that we can think of uh, we, I've, I'm a very logical, rational person, and I, I tried to rationalize it with, like, science or, you know, m- different things, like, okay, like, the different scenarios that could, could be, but I just kept going back to resurrection and that this would-be tomb was turned into a womb, like you said, and it's just... It's crazy, just kind of the miracle that happened with that. Um,
1: um, well, when I took the second test, it was it hadn't been a month. It was the end of June. Um, and then I told the doctor, and at that point I was seeing a new doctor. And I explained to her what had happened. Um, and she decided to test my levels that day. And then it was like seven thirty in the morning. So by the afternoon I got my results back and where the levels were stated that I was seven to eight weeks pregnant at that point. So yeah, that's where the whole trying to logically figure it out was, it couldn't be logically like explained. And it's, it's crazy when you're going through that to be like what what just happened like it's just there's so many questions and like i just want answers but then they can't tell me what happened i don't know it's just it's a lot
0: (laughs) can we stop for just a second and give god praise for the miracle that you've, you've heard about I wanted you to hear it directly from them because I'm convinced that, and if you've been here for House of Prayer, you've heard me say this already a couple weeks in a row. We wanna be a house of salvation, a house of calling, a house of growth, a house of blessing, and a house of miracles, okay? We've been praying for this. We've been praying for God to do, not, not not so we can say, look at us, okay? This isn't about us. This is about making sure that Jesus is the priority. Right, That he is at the top. He is at the bottom. He is everywhere in between. He's the paper we write the priority list on and the pen we write it with. That in community we can walk through the hard things and celebrate together the amazing things because community is our foundation. Invite other people into these kinds of things because it speaks loudly as to who the, whom God that we serve is. He knows the desires of our heart. He cares about us. He cares about you. Everything you're walking through, he cares about. Every moment of hardship, every terrible thing that you have to face, for whatever reason that you have to face it, he cares. And he puts us in community with each other, in a community with him, so that our foundation can be strong. And when these things happen, it doesn't topple the building of our lives. But we're strong. And we're together. I remember the day that Michael and I met. I, don't, I remember praying for them. I don't remember exactly what was said or how it was said or any of that. As we've talked more about it, a little more has come back to me. But I remember that day. And I, and I got to tell you, in community, I sat there having gone through, on some level, what you guys have went through. You know, And, and you never, here's the thing. Just because I've been through it doesn't mean I completely understand it. Okay, but I sat across from someone and, and did get at least the gist of what was happening and how that feels. And I thought, God, I don't have the words here. And we sat and, and we just talked about it and we talked through it. And, we, and, and I got to tell you that it was, for me, as I look back, there was community in that moment and it's foundational. Invitation into their lives. They could have just closed everybody out. But when invitation is our instinct, we know we're not alone. This community is the foundation because Jesus is the priority. And, and, and listen, this is what we've been talking about in this series. If you've missed the series, you need to go back and listen. All of these things. And last week we talked about transformation being our heart. When God moves in these ways... And we share our story. We share what God has done. It encourages and brings power into situations with other people. I don't know about you, but I, but I knew this morning I was walking in here and going to get to hear of a miracle. And many of you maybe didn't know that. But you can be encouraged by that. Amen? Amen. So we have some questions we want to just kind of ask. And, and then uh, of Michael and Kayla, maybe just share a little bit with us. Way more questions than we're ever going to get to. Um, and they're not too bad, but uh, I, I did just want to you to share some things. Uh, and so I'll ask the first one, then Casey's going to join in and interview with me, so she can jump in and ask uh, whichever one she wants to ask after that. But um, you mentioned the prayer at the altar on Sunday following that kind of initial appointment where you were suspected to be going through this. Um, but I, I kind of wonder whether any other specific... Prayers or moments where you felt this kind of strong connection with your faith during that period, maybe something with other people, something with each other, something on your own, was there a scripture was there were there moments where your faith just kind of popped through even in the midst of that hardship?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, one of the songs that we were singing a lot at church during that time was um, oh my gosh, I don't know no (laughs) it's I can't remember the title exactly right now but it's the one where I've got peace that makes no sense that hit me a lot because when it did happen I felt guilty because I felt like Michael was a lot more upset about it than I was and I feel like a part of me was just trying to be like the strong one so I could help him because Uh, he's usually, like, the solid one, (laughs) doesn't really show his emotions a lot, but when that happened, like, he, it was very evident that it was very hard for both of us, but him. So, during that time, like, it was really hard for me to feel, like, I don't want to say depressed, but really, like, upset over it. Like, there was just this peace, and I was like, what is this? Like, I just lost a child. Why? Why doesn't it feel like that? Um, so anytime that song came on, it like just made me bawl because I was like, I'm letting it be in God's hands, but like from the human part of it, I'm like, I, it should hurt a little bit more. I don't know.
2: Um, I guess for me, it, it was really hard for me, but one thing that I did latch on to was the word joy because joy you know we we talk about all the time in church but Jesus is supposed to give us a joy that surpasses all understanding that we can hold on to um, even when it's really hard, when it's rough. Um, And when we were, we we weren't sure whether this child was gonna make it or not, I felt God telling me that this baby needs to be called Joy. And the Hebrew word, or one of the Hebrew words for Joy is gil, G-I-L. And so I had picked out that name. I know it's not the prettiest name, but no matter whether this baby was gonna make it or it wasn't, I wanted to name this baby Joy because I wanted to have that reminder that no matter what happens in life, we have to hold on to the joy that God gives us. Even when I didn't want to be joyful, even when I didn't feel joyful, God was still there
0: with us and with me. That's good. So we talk about happiness having this effect. It can go up and down, right? I can be happy in a minute and not happy in the next because happiness is contingent upon what's happening around me. Joy has to be contingent upon Jesus, right? And so when we do that, when we make him kind of that, that priority of joy, and I think it's really cool that you're using that as a part of the name uh, I don't care if it's a beautiful name or not I think it's great uh, because I like meaning to that kind of stuff uh, you know my name is Joshua so I, I, I got the meaning part I understand it so uh, that, that, th- that that's an encouragement to us that we don't joy, joy doesn't have to go like this joy, joy can be here all the time because it's based on Jesus because he's the solid rock and so what a great message through all that um, thank you
3: Kayla, I remember you coming to one of our support groups for for miscarriages, and I remember you saying those exact words that I just feel weird not feeling it as much as Michael does. And I remember saying to you that day, it'll hit you. It'll hit you, Mm -hmm. like your, your, your profession, dictates that you put others feelings before yours because that's what you do um but i remember saying those words and as someone who has been through miscarriages you learn the technical lingo of the numbers and and the the levels and when you sat at our table it that's when it hit me you know having that full-on conversation of you went from a 16 which medically should not even be detectable on a pregnancy test to a 1 and then up 2 weeks later to no doubt you're pregnant there's a 3 to 4 week period there, 2 to 3 week period there that is completely unaccounted for in those numbers And as they said, there's no way that this is a a different child because it's not possible. So you have this period of nothing, and then you're at the age you're supposed to be. You're, You're at your pregnancy level that you're supposed to be. And those emotions of you all have literally went through having a miscarriage, emotions to having a miracle. And they're so spread apart on that spectrum of emotions. How did that impact your relationship? How did that impact how, what was there a moment of, holy crap, this isn't possible. This is going to this isn't true, this isn't going to be I'm going to wake up and, and the baby's still going to be gone or did one of you have a, a faith crisis so to speak and one of you hold steady in that? Did it vary between the two?
1: Um, I think for me I wouldn't say I had a faith crisis. I think for me I was just, I always worried so I was like I can't tell anyone. I was like I can't like have my first appointment come and it be the same outcome again. I, at that point, we just were planning on keeping it to ourselves. Like, we didn't even want to tell family at that point because I was just like, I can't go through these emotions again. Um, I guess I was kind of just like holding my breath to see what would happen. Like, I was, I do think that I believed what had happened had happened, but I was still like, I had my guard up a little bit. So, and then to, well before I found out, well before I f- took that second pregnancy test, um, we definitely cherished little Michael a little bit more during that time just because we were excited to have a new addition and then to have that be taken away. Um, we were just kind of holding on to him a little bit more during that time.
2: Um. I think for me, I I think I almost had a faith crisis Um, and, but if I didn't have the community that I have around me uh, with my family and my church family because I just I had to keep reminding myself that God was there. And that, that's why I was so adamant about, you know, having this name and, and going through that, because like, I, j- I had to force myself to remember that God was there. Uh, because it was very easy for me to just kind of almost give up. Because um, I, I really did, I, I struggled so hard with, the, with this potential loss. Um, and so yeah i just i all i feel like i, I could have had one um but luckily god was there uh, my family was there my friends were there that just were able to lift me up when i when i needed it
0: that's awesome i i have uh just a we'll do a couple more and then we're going to wrap up but um when, when was the moment that you kind of started calling this out as what it is a miracle like, when was that moment, and was that kind of hard to say at first? Was it difficult to kind of get into? But but also, I mean, I read the testimony that you wrote, and I even went back and reread it to make sure that you used that word um, and that it wasn't me superimposing it on our conversations, even though that's what I believe it was. Um, you did. And so uh, when was the moment that that kind of came out, and, and what were some of the, uh, you know, Was there something specific that brought it out or was it just the realization that this has happened?
2: Um, For me, it was almost immediate because when we found out that she was pregnant and then we found out how far along she was and then we was like, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, And then I remembered your prayer and it was almost immediate that I was like, This is a miracle, but I was definitely very hesitant to to proclaim what it was. Um, But and one of the things I actually struggled with um, was proclaiming it a miracle, because I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, Kayla, but it was I almost had almost survivor's guilt, where why, would, why am I deserving of a miracle? Why would God do this for Kayla and I? I, I? I'm not perfect. I sin more than I'm proud to admit. But God decided to do this in, in our lives. We, we have a pretty good life as it is. You know, there's people that struggle and go through this all the time. Why would God do this for me? Why not someone else that probably needs it more than us? But then I, I have to remind myself that it, it's not about who I am, what I've done, what Kayla is, and what she's done, and how good of a Christian that we are. It's, it's about God's plan and what He wants to do through this miracle, what He wants to do with this life. It's not, it's not on me. Uh, and that, that's still something I, I, I go through, um, and I, I struggle with, like, like I said, it's almost like sur- survivor's guilt.
1: I guess in a way I felt that, um, as, as soon as I, like, realized what had happened. Well, it took me a while to kind of accept it, I will say, like, I'm more of an emotions person first, but for some reason when it happened, I was like, well where's the science behind this? Like, something must have happened in my body that, like, I don't know. That's when the logical part of me was trying to come out. And we had a couple conversations with some of his family members. And I remember they were trying to, like, give explanations, too. And, like, it just didn't make any sense. And I was sharing that with him. And we had that conversation. And I think it finally clicked at that point for me. But I think it did take a while for me to accept that it was a miracle. And when that realization hit me i went straight to that little peer support group and feeling guilty again because again you know was talking to women who have suffered this and then i'm i'm the lucky one god's blessed me and that i don't actually have to i didn't have to actually go through that process i was able to actually have a baby from it but I do sympathize, and empathize especially with that community, but a part of me does feel guilty because like I wish it could have happened to everyone.
3: So I'm gonna say this, or, and I'm, I'm gonna say it, I'm gonna be bold and say it uh, across the board, as women who have prayed that prayer to resurrect that baby that we're being told is miscarried we don't feel any negativity toward you for you getting the miracle. As a woman who's been through that, I am extremely happy that you got that answer, regardless to what we got. It's nothing short of a miracle.
0: It's a challenge because both prayers require that we all are in that together. It requires unity. That when we read that verse about them praying that prayer, there was a unity in the body and it requires that in unity, we're praying those prayers. It also means that the enemy's going to come after those things. And so I, I, I'm glad this part came up in the, in the sense that this, when you pray a bold prayer and something happens for you, the enemy's going to come after you. He just, he does not want you to feel joy church absolutely we have an enemy that does not want us to feel joy and yet here we are with with an incredible incredible account of something that god has done right and i just refuse to let the enemy steal that yeah i refuse to let the enemy steal that so don't let that don't let that be the thing um all right we got one last question uh in comment from casey and then we're gonna we're gonna shift gears and uh, yeah and i want
3: to actually want to Something was just brought to my attention about that peer support group. You know, uh, it, it didn't have a very long go at it, and some may failure. a um, failure. But it was brought to my attention that there were three of you that came to that particular meeting that still wanted to be pregnant at some point, still wanted to have a child if you are currently pregnant with healthy pregnancies.
0: Come on, can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that?
3: So despite what we felt was a failure, it wasn't. It it was us getting together and praying for what God would have for all of us and who he would bring into the world. Moving to the last question, um, are there any specific hopes and dreams that you have for the little one, considering those unique circumstances of your healthy pregnancy? What, what do you aspire to be in his life?
0: By the way, your due when? Huh? Your due when? The 14th. The 14th of this month. I was scared that she was gonna go into labor, so much so that I prepped another sermon just in case.
3: He's just waiting until this interview's over and then he's coming
0: out. (laughs) All right, you good with the question now. I just needed to share that I prepped an additional sermon just in case uh, you went into labor today.
2: Obviously, I want the baby to be happy and healthy. Um, Really, I... For, for me, I almost feel like uh, I'm, I'm terrible with names. But I think it's Sarah, um, the mother of Elijah. Is, is, is that right? Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Or no, no, no. Mother of um, Samuel, Hannah. H- Hannah. Thank, thank you, Sarah. <laughs> um, where I, I can't do anything but just give this baby over to God, because with this miracle, there's no telling, you know, whether this baby grows up and you know goes into the business world or, or whatever. They become a um, radical preacher that, that saves many, many lives. There's no telling what this baby will do, but I know that it's in God's plan because. I can't do anything else other than trust God with this baby, with, 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 this, with what has happened. There's obviously something special about this story, uh, other, I, I don't believe God does miracles on a whim. I feel like he has a purpose for this story. Um, and so all I can do is just give the baby over to God and let God run the show.
3: I think that, that that is just even more testimony. The, the song you were thinking about earlier was also brought to my attention as Firm Foundation. And that is so important in this, that you know, even, even at the 16 and the one, and then the, oh wait, I still feel like I'm pregnant. You kept that firm foundation. You continued to praise him in every storm you were thrown. And here you are with that beautiful miracle because you kept that firm foundation, you never lost hope.
0: I don't know about you, but I'm encouraged. Amen. Come on, anybody awake this morning? You just heard about a miracle. Come on. That's exciting. Here's what I want to do. When we read that scripture from Acts chapter 4, I know what time it is. I know I know where we got to go. I know what we got to do. But I don't want to just stop God from what God wants to do. I believe that this day was not just about sharing, but was about hope and about us praying for some miracles in this place. God moved because God moves. That's what he does. He loves us. He cares for us. And he may choose to move in a different way for you and me. Than what he did for Michael and Caleb, but that doesn't mean that I can't still pray with urgency like the church did that we just read about. As soon as they got back, I want you to hear what happened. As soon as Peter and John walked in the room, they told their story, and the church began to pray. Our response ought to be urgent prayer in need. Do I listen, hear me? I don't have a problem. With you having the finances to take care of things, with you having medication and doctors that can help you with things. I have no issue with that. In fact, I believe God has given all of that to us as gifts to help us. But it does not abdicate our responsibility to pray. However, God chooses to do the miracle. Pastor Bob has said it this morning. Some of us woke up. That's a miracle. We got a roof over our heads. That's a miracle. I wonder today if there's anybody in the room that heard this and thought, man, I need God to move like that. I need a miracle. I need God to do something in my health. I need God to do something for my family. Listen, I got family members that it's going to take a miracle of God for them to come to know Jesus. But tell me he won't do it. I know he will. We pray with urgency. We ask God the big things with urgency, the little things with urgency, everything in between with urgency. We pray in unity as a body. I love this because this idea, these dynamic prayers aren't just with urgency, they're in unity. And when you read that, you think, oh, all of them were praying at the same time. No, 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 one person prayed that prayer and everybody else in the room was just in agreement with them. That's the way that reads. I don't have a problem with everybody praying at one time, but there was real unity. They were When they prayed that prayer in Acts chapter 4, the room was like, yes, this is what we need. We need God to move so we can proclaim the gospel. We need God as we proclaim the gospel to show people who he is. Not so we can say, look at us, but so we can say, look at him. You tell me, listen, listen. You start seeing signs and wonders in your life around people that don't know Jesus and they're going to want to know who Jesus is. You cannot separate proclamation of the gospel. You cannot separate sharing Jesus Christ from the signs and wonders that he can do. College campuses turned upside down. Homes flipped over on their head and serving Jesus, the entire home, the entire family. Family reunions that have the whole family because we've all decided that Jesus is bigger than our offenses. Come on. I'm talking about a church that changes the world, not because the church can do it, but because Jesus can. You've heard about a miracle today. I don't know what else to call it. We're live streaming. You can quote me. Come on. Come on. You can give the Lord glory for that. You can quote me on this, and it's forever going to be out there. This is a miracle of God, and I want to see more come on. because I know my God's got more to do. Not so we can say, look at us, but so that we can say, look at him, look to him. The third thing that they did, just because I need to get all my points in, you know, us preachers, one, two, and three, right? Dynamic prayers offered, have to be offered with urgency, dynamic prayers have to be offered with unity. This is about our community, right? Jesus is our priority, community is our foundation, invitation is our instinct, transformation is our heart. That's who we are at life church. You want to know who we are? That's who we are. Dynamic prayers have to also be offered in union with the Word of God. I need God's heart. And I, I, could, I can get his words and what he says from his word, right? They quoted scripture in that prayer. They talked about what David wrote in that prayer. So my challenge to you today is this. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes right there in your seat. I want you to think about your life. Think about the things that you're facing. Think about the mountains the heals, the things in your life that are gonna be, that are difficult. Maybe for you it's a diagnosis, maybe for you it's a, a family member needing Jesus, maybe it's your finances, maybe it's your marriage, maybe it's your children, I don't know. But I know that God wants this to be a house of miracles. So this morning, if you've heard this and you have a need in your life, we want to pray with you. We want to agree with you in unity. We want to pray a dynamic prayer over you, an urgent prayer. Ask God for the big things because he's still doing big things. So if that's you this morning, I want to invite you to do this. In just a minute we're all going to stand and when we stand i want to invite you to step out from where you're at i need a miracle i need god to move maybe you don't even consider it a miracle but i'm telling you anytime god moves in our lives i just i can't help but think of how blessed i am and how i view it as a miracle These are everyday intersections that around the world, people, that stop people's lives. But as we talked about from the beginning of this, our lives aren't four way stops where we love God some, love God people some and live life together some. It's a roundabout. We're constantly together, constantly moving And while there might be some issues with the roundabout, it may cause a little anxiety when you pull up to it. You were designed to keep moving with God, keep moving with others in love and to live this life together. So if you have a need today, we want to pray with that urgency, that unity and that union with the word of God. So I'm going to ask everybody to stand. If you have a need, I want you to step out and just line up across the front. I believe God wants to do a work today. Come on, don't wait for somebody else to move. Be the first one. You have a need. You need need to bring something to God today. I'm going to ask you to come. Just stand across the front. I need God to move. I need God to move in my life. Begin to pray if you're up front, begin to pray. We're gonna come and pray for you, but you begin to pray right now. While we're doing this, while we're praying, if God has laid on your heart to pray with somebody, I wanna encourage you to step out and just lay your hand on their shoulder. I don't want you to yell at them, I I just want you to pray. Just lay your hand, let them know you're there, and just pray for them. You don't even need to know specifically, just, God, I'm asking for the big things in their life. I'm asking for the miracle in their life. Bring them hope. Bring, bring that thing. And so if that's you, I want to encourage you. If you're out there and you're thinking, man, there's somebody up here I just want to pray for. Somebody God's laid on my heart. That's where the unity comes in. You don't have, you don't have to know. You're just standing in unity with them as we pray. Thirdly, if you're in your seat or you're in, your, in the pew standing, the team's going to begin to Sing. You can begin to praise God for the miracles that are going to happen right here today. You can begin to praise God right there where you're at for the miracles that are happening today. So, if you want to pray for someone, I'm going to encourage you to step out. I'd like for everyone to have somebody behind them, okay? And we're going to go down through and pray for each one that God would just bring a miracle in their lives. Amen? Amen. If you want to pray for somebody, step out right now. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. Don't forget to visit us at Life Church ROA on Instagram and Facebook for updates, service times, and ways to get involved. If you made a decision to follow Jesus today, we would love to partner with you on your next steps. Visit LifeChurchROA.org slash Jesus to learn more. We love you, and we can't wait to see you soon.